coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. They were the first, you know, boots on the ground after 9-11 in Afghanistan to push out the Taliban. And so, you know, it, it was a unique story. And horse soldier, you're like, oh, wow, what's, what's a horse soldier, right? So they actually had to ride horses because originally this mission was covert. They just called everybody up one day and said, hey, you guys want to go learn to make whiskey? <laughs> it's hard to say no to that. <laughs> right, right. So when you make bourbon, you're supposed to char the barrel. And there's four different or five different levels of charring. So we do an alligator char where it starts to bubble up and look like alligator skin. And so once it's done and we pour the bourbon out, we bring the barrels here and we break them up and we cut them up and we use them to cook the food in a wood fire grill that we have in the kitchen. Oh, wow. Mix it with nice. What a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is the general manager from Urban Stillhouse, Joey Leddit. The Urban Stillhouse is a huge 16,000 square foot space with amazing food and drink and the best restaurant backstory you'll ever hear. At the top of the show, we have Abby with her recipe for sous vide duck breast and root vegetable gratin. We We have have a a great great show, show, so so stick stick around. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food. And Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth. And the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. 
My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Please welcome, with our monthly recipe, straight from the St. Pete Foodies Test Kitchen, Abby Allen. Welcome, Abby. Hello, guys. Happy fall. Yeah. Yes. And we want to thank Rollin' Oats for sponsoring the recipe segment. They've been doing that for about a year and a few months now, almost a year and a half. And all the ingredients came from Rollin' Oats. And I was actually shopping there recently. And you know, I normally go in on a mission. I'm getting this, this, I have my list and that's, and go get that stuff. And this time I happened to look around a little and I'm like, huh, they have duck breasts here. Make a mental note. Yeah. And not only the duck breasts, but the other wild game I think we talked about as well. I think they had some other interesting things too. I forget what was in that. Was it in the freezer section where you saw it, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had seafood. Who knew? I had, I didn't know for the longest time either. Oh, yeah, they had full salmon fillets, yeah. Wow. Yes, and we we should mention that uh, Rollin' Oats is a locally owned organic food market, local there. St. Pete has a very local-oriented mentality, support Mm -hmm. local, and that's Rollin' Oats. And you can get food there with the highest quality ingredients for cooking at home, and they also have delicious prepared foods for when you're on the run or don't feel like cooking. And they've been around for over 25 years now. So I said, hey, Abby, you want to use that duck breast at Rolling Oats? And you hit one out of the park, I think. Yeah, I said, absolutely. And the first thing that comes to mind, like when I think duck breast is, because it's one of those meats that you have to just throw it in a pan and sear it. Because to me, it gets kind of tough or it can be kind of tricky to cook. So Mm -hmm. sous vide duck breast, like Mm -hmm. totally jumped out at me. So we have ourselves a little sous vide duck breast situation with some, um, an orange pan sauce and then a root vegetable gratin, which is, I think pretty, um, pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate for this time of year with, you know, so what root vegetables did you use? So root vegetables, we use a handful. We have celery root, we have potatoes. So I'm using both, uh, sweet potatoes and regular potatoes for this mm-hmm. and, and parsnips as well and beets. You, you can use any kind of, you know, any variety or any combination of the handful you like. I just like the different, you know, colors and texture mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Um, I know Mike's not a big beet guy, um, but I think with some, some Parmesan cheese and Gruyere on top, it's all, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great little. That fixes a lot. <laughs> Seriously, you could put cheese on anything and he would eat it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, but this gratin, it's so easy. Um, it'd even be, you know, a great dish for like Thanksgiving per se. You throw everything in a bowl, toss it with some heavy cream and some Parmesan cheese and some, you know, thyme sprig, salt, pepper. Put it in a dish, like a, arrange it like a, um, you've seen like ratatouille arranged or, you know, mm-hmm. stick your shingled potatoes and or your root vegetable and arrange it in there and put your grayer on top and the rest of your heavy cream, throw it in the oven and 
40 minutes later, you're all ready to go. So yum. 40 minutes yeah. at uh, 350? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, 40 minutes at like 400. For, ah, okay. Yeah. Nice. And then how long did you sous vide the duck breast for at what temperature? The duck breast at 135 for two mm-hmm. hours. I had to do a lot of research on this. I'm not right. one for liking duck breast super, super rare. But one thirty. You know what? Same here. We yeah. aren't either. Yeah. Everything else, I mean, you guys too with steaks and such, you like it more on the rare end, I think, than, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, duck for me is uh, so one thirty five gets it like a nice like yeah. Per se. We we actually had a a, a bad experience in in Paris, Paris. of all places, <laughs> yeah. and it was a really highly rated place, and everything else was really wonderful. But part of we had several courses, and when the duck it was breast, it was a tasting menu, you yeah. know, there was, okay. yeah, the whole but restaurant's just a tasting. We menu. ate like two oh, bites okay. and just let them take the rest. We didn't say anything. We didn't want to be like you know the ugly Americans, right. but it was basically raw. It was raw. Oh, it wasn't even rare. It was raw. Like yeah. some people, that's like a delicacy, but I just can't get past it mentally. No, we couldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else there was like? great, but I mean, did it? Go, and it was duck breast, I, I assume, or was it? A it was, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, that's with me. Yeah, that's why. I, with, with meats like that, I always go straight to the sous vide. You can't overcook it, undercook it, as you guys know. And, and right. then once it comes out, just dry it off, um, score the skin, and get a hard sear for like three to four minutes so that skin gets nice and, and crispy. crispy. And then pull it off and you're, and you're done. And then the pan yeah. sauce is just made from the drippings in the pan. Add in some fresh orange juice, some orange zest, some butter, um, some white wine, and kind of just, you know, scrape up those bits and all in the honey, too, of course. Mm-hmm. Mix it up and then just drizzle it on top. And, yeah, that's it. It's 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 pretty pretty simple. Nothing too crazy. And, of course, too, you, if you don't have, you know, a, a sous vide cooker, I could put down a recipe if you're just going to do it in the oven or on the stovetop as well. So right. yeah, I guess just another slow and yeah. low method. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yep. So we'll cater to everybody. So everyone will be able to make this. So, yeah. And we just got just in time, like just in time inventory. Just in, just in. Just in time. Breaking news. Just in from Ken. From Ken Smith, our friend who is a wine enthusiast, wine expert. His pairing on this is decoy 2018 pinot noir from california and ken says a lively wine graced with raspberry and black cherry components that's also accompanied by balanced acidity its medium body marries beautifully with this dish just look for the mallard on the label i've (laughs) had decoy it's like yeah it's a great one there's a duck on label too yeah (laughs) yeah quite appropriate absolutely yes (laughs) So again, we want to thank Roland Oates for sponsoring the monthly recipe, Abby Allen for creating it. I knew I could throw duck breast at you and you'd make it work yes, great. Yes, absolutely. And Ken Smith for doing the wine pairing. And now you can answer your email, Abby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when provecho y'all, and we'll be right back with Joey Ledit from the Urban Stillhouse. Hey foodies, do you know about the Zest podcast? If you're listening to us, you should be listening to them too. They're part of the Tampa NPR station, WUSF 89.7. On The Zest, you'll learn new recipes, baking tips, and barbecue secrets. You'll hear about what's ripe, what's growing, and what's in season. The Zest podcast is hosted by Robin Sussingham, an award-winning reporter and producer who's also an avid home cook and baker. Robin's a native Floridian and has been searching out flavors and the fascinating stories behind them from Key West to Pensacola. Learning to care for a sourdough starter and learning to bake sourdough breads really 
speaks to people in a very deep way. It's part of our collective history and we're getting back to our roots and our self-sufficiency. Just like us, The Zest podcast has interviews with chefs and restaurateurs and talks about food and recipes covering the Tampa Bay area and throughout Florida. It's what we listen to when we're not doing our own show. Check out The Zest podcast at thezestpodcast.com. Please welcome the general manager of the Urban Stillhouse, Joey Ledit. Welcome, Joey. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Good. Good. Doing great. So Urban Stillhouse has been getting rave reviews, including from us. Yes. And it is an, has an awesome backstory. But first, let's get your backstory, Joey. Where are you from and what brought you to St. Pete? And what did you do before Urban Stillhouse? I'm, um, I'm originally from New Orleans. Um, I was born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, I come from a foodie family. My father uh, was a chef at Antoine's restaurant in New Orleans. I, as a young kid, grew up working at Commander's Palace, and I worked at, of course, Antoine's too, uh, briefly, but also all through New Orleans, about 14 years uh, in the French Quarter, uh, from chef to front of house. And I learned a lot, you know, uh, in the industry, and, and, and that's where I started. Um, but I've also traveled and worked in Boston, also in New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and the Caribbean. And I also did a couple gigs in, in Europe, traveling through Europe, uh, wow. trying to learn and trade. Nice. That's pretty pretty well-rounded there. So what brought you to St. Pete? Well, um, I'd, I'd worked for you know corporations like Hard Rock and management and such, and uh, also at Landry's Group. And I ran across, uh, I got a call from my agent one day about the Urban Stillhouse. He said that, uh, you know, they're looking for someone and they just couldn't quite find the right person. And he wondered if I was interested. So, um, and then I'd never heard of it at the moment, but then I heard the story of the Horse Soldier Bourbon and, uh, and, and their journey of creating Horse Soldier Bourbon and the American Freedom Distillery. So it really piqued my interest. I was really happy where I was, but it was just really an, an, you know, a great story and I wanted to help. So I reached out to the owner, Meredith, of the restaurant and uh, she was still looking for a GM and, and we spoke briefly and I wound up meeting with all the, all the gentlemen and uh, flew to Tampa and met them here in St. Pete. And uh, we had a great, nice, uh, long conversation and uh, they decided upon me, and I decided upon them, and I was really, really excited to come here and move my family here uh, back in March during COVID. Uh, when once well, I moved here, and then COVID hit, so right, right, had pushed back the opening. Yeah, yeah, definitely pushed back a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So, since you mentioned the story, why don't you? Uh, we you already told it to us when we came and met you at yes, Urban sir. Stillhouse, and what an amazing story. Yeah, you know, um, we always think, you know, uh, in our in our travels and what we do in life that, you know, I, I always knew the word of the servant's heart. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that, but it's something in the restaurant industry a lot of us have. You know, when you see people who work every weekend to please others, you know, and don't take much time off. It's more like the servant's heart and they get a lot of pleasure out of pleasing others. And I think that's what's really important. It really struck me 
with the soldiers because as I met them and, and found out, you know, that they were obviously, you know, uh, very personable and friendly. And I really, it really struck me that their story, that they were the first, you know, boots on the ground after 9-11 in Afghanistan to push out the Taliban. And right. so, you know, it, it was a unique story. And horse soldier, you're like, oh, wow, what's, what's a horse soldier, right? So they actually had to ride horses because originally this mission was covert. And right. they didn't want to drop tanks and big, you know, military in there. So the horses was all they had to ride to get around. That's awesome. So that's where they came up with the name. Right. The name horse of the horse soldier. Right. Yes. Right. For the bourbon. So they, yeah, I mean, so they, they went in after 9-11. And so that's where the horse soldier name came from, you know, and they managed to drive the Taliban out of Afghanistan, use it working with the local uh, militia and warlords. And um, it, was a, it, was an, it was a very good feat. You know, all of them came back alive. And there's a monument of a horse soldier, you know, on in Ground Zero uh, with mm-hmm. the, you know, at the World Trade Center. Right. So it's, it's really a great story. They started the horse soldier bourbon. One of the biggest things for the founders was that they wanted to, they know that a lot of people from the military, and this is what really got me because I know a lot of people in the restaurant industry, you know, where, you know, you work a really, really amount of hours. And I think in the military, you're, you know, you're always on call, right? So it could be kind of very, you know, it could be very tough on a lot of individuals. Mm -hmm. So coming back to civilian life could be really hard, the transition. And I think, you know, when, when the founders started the company, they're, they're, object was to to start the company with them and their friends and make sure that they they will be able to take care of themselves but also to bring that teamwork back you know uh Mm -hmm. and bring everybody back into something that would be really funny just called everybody up one day and said hey you guys want to go learn to make whiskey (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to say no to that (laughs) right right so some did that you know a bunch of them said yes and uh and, and they followed them around the United States and also, you know, Scotland, Ireland, and other parts of the world where they tried to learn to make whiskey. And sooner or later, they did. And, uh, you know, then you get to the feet of, you know, you got to find a still. You know what I mean? So Right. Yeah, I mean, that's you got to make the whiskey now. So they found a still in Columbus, Ohio that I could use. And then they, oop, they had to design a bottle, right? So And what, what year was this? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. Uh, I believe this was back. Mm, I believe it was back in 2014. You can't quote me on that. Okay. I'm still, I'm still really following the story. Right. We've only been open three and a half months at the restaurant. Right. And and there's a lot to their story. You were talking about the bottle. They were getting ready to make the bottle. Yeah. So they had to make the bottle, and uh, you know, so the, the glass company told them they had to find a mold. And they needed a, a, a certain kind of steel. Some of the soldiers remembered that, you know, it was the World Trade Center steel was made out of something the same amount of density. And so they called the New York Port Authority and asked for some of that steel if they could get some. And they could. So the West Virginia steel mill workers, uh, you know, kind of seen the steel coming from the New York Port Authority and were like just taken back. Their first molds and every other mold after that has World Trade or steel World Trade Center steel blended into it. That's so cool. Yeah. So the bottles have, part of the bottle design has some of the steel from the ruins of the World Trade Center. That is awesome. Right. 
right? The bottle design, you know, it almost looks like a desert canteen, um, but it has, you know, the spear and the tomahawk on it for special forces and green berets and and such. But as as a as a token back to the military, the bottle being forged in a steel made from World Trade Center steel really added to the story. You know, and this is before everything was declassified and they came, you know, and Doug Stanton wrote the book Horse Soldier and also the movie, you know, come out. And the movie is named 12 Strong. That's correct. So a lot of our founders were portrayed in that movie. Um, and it was a unique, you know, unique setting because you figure you had horse soldiers on horses in modern warfare, uh, mm-hmm. which was uncommon if you know, you're a modern army, right? Right. It's really cool. And you, don't you guys also have like a, a replica of the, um, the horse soldier monument? Yeah, we have a two-thirds size statue made out of, it seems a, like a hard foam in our building right now in our distillery side. Um, and right, it's, it sits right behind the, the bar, correct? Yes, it is. And well, the glass behind the bar, not yeah. exactly behind the yeah. bar. There's there's a room be- there's a room behind the bar right. that you can see into because it's a big the the wall is a glass window right. and you right. can see uh, a still and the and the monument in there. Right. So that that side of the still is American Freedom Distillery. So their their main office is here because a lot of the guys retired here in uh, in St. Pete in Florida, this mm-hmm. area, Clearwater, and uh, so their main office is here. And so there is a distillery here that we do have. Um, we have a still. Um, we're lo- waiting on our bigger still, but uh, we'll be making some white liquors come hopefully spring. Uh, rum, bock, and gin here. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we will continue to make the bourbon up up north, but we did uh, buy some land. The company bought some land up in uh, Somerset, Kentucky, and planned mm-hmm. to build a, their own distillery with a with a hotel and and a, and a restaurant. Oh wow, wow. that's cool. pretty awesome. Yeah, so there's and there's three brands here really. We have American Freedom Distillery, and then the bourbon is Horse Soldier Bourbon. And then of course the restaurant, which we're gonna talk about after the break, is the Urban Stillhouse. Right. So we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And on the next half, you're gonna be compelled to go to Urban Stillhouse, I guarantee it. We'll be right back. <laughs> St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North, 
and in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. We are back! We are back! We are back with Joey Ledit, the GM of the Urban Stillhouse. And I am looking, actually, I'll just mention it now. I'm, I'm on our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com, and I'm looking at the review that Haley wrote. And I think she did a total of two, at least two, maybe three visits. I think to it try was two visits. Yeah. And she went one with, for dinner and but one she went with, with us her, for brunch. And, right. And she right. went with her aunt so she right. he could order more food. Right. Right. So, yeah. So we went for brunch. I'm looking at, so go on stpetersburgfoodies.com to see the review. But there's some awesome pictures, not just of uh, delicious food, but of the extraordinary place. It's two stories, 16,000 square feet. There's a massive building. And it's, and, it's, <laughs> and it's gorgeous. I mean, there's yes. this big fireplace, the leather chairs, bourbon barrels. Uh, you know, the decor is really striking. And so you guys also, and with that huge space, obviously there's event space available as well, I would believe. Yes, we, have, um, we have like three private dining rooms. Um, right, upstairs, correct? Mm-hmm. We have right. what we call our library, which is a big... Uh, big sofa couch, fireplace, pool table room. That's really great for cocktails and appetizers. Nice. Um, yeah. People love it. You know, the, the, the design was indicative of, you know, where the gentlemen uh, traveled and where they traveled and, and, and tried to learn to make whiskey, you know, so all through this, uh, you know, from Scotland, Ireland and Montana and you know, Colorado. So it's kind of lodgy. So we got a lodge here and, and uh, you know, in St. Pete. Right, it, it does. It look is like, lodgy, yeah. yeah. It does look like a lodge for sure. It's the lodge meets the Ritz, kind of. Right, uh-huh. right. Yeah. And you and you guys also have a, a tasting room as well. We do. Um, the tasting room um, is our education room. So we show a couple of videos of the gentleman talking about their journey uh, making the bourbon, and also uh, a little bit about you know their charity and charity effects that they do uh, on the side uh, from the for for the distillery side. And we also, of course, educate you on the bourbon that we make in the three different brands. And of course our commander select. Do you want to tell us about that, Joey? Well, the first, uh, we have three different, uh, we did three different, uh, brands. Uh, we went out brands. We have three different types. We have a straight bourbon, which is aged for about three years, which is aged for three years. We also have a small batch, which is on a lighter weeded side more. And also our barrel strength, which is the same mix as the uh, small batch, which is a little bit more potent, about 114. It could be from 106 to 120 uh, in potency. Yeah. Uh, Those three um, are SKUs that we use um, on our flights here at the restaurant. So people were able to do it at the table also. But we also have a tasting room where you can come in at 2, 4 o'clock, 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock during the day and get a nice tasting with some appetizers uh, and the whole story and a tour. So it's really unique. That is. And I did do the flight when we were in there for brunch. And believe it or not, I liked the stronger one, the better, the better. (laughs) And then, and then Joey, isn't there a special uh, bourbon that is tied in with a charity? Yes. Well, the commander select um, is chosen by Bob Peddington, who is the commander also with other, you know, with other founders, they choose, um, 
select barrels. It's hand-selected barrels um, that they choose. And this is bottled, um, I'm not sure about how many times a year or maybe once a year, um, but it's very, there's not many bottles that they produce a year of this Commander Select, but it is used in charity. So a lot of the guys will sign the bottle that were in the movie, you know, that, that were portrayed in the movie and, and part of the unit. And they sign the bottles for auctions for different charity organizations. Nice. And now the uh, chef is uh, Kenny Tufo. He used to be at Sea Salt. Right. And he's put together an excellent food menu. And some of the items in the review that you'll see, deviled crab stuffed eggs. Yes, please. <laughs> Kevin loves deviled eggs. I do. And these look amazing. I didn't get a chance to have them yet. There's a house-made pimento cheese in the review that we have. The broiled Gulf oysters. And by the way, a few weeks ago, we had Lost Coast Oyster Company on the show. And that's the first time we actually got to eat those Lost oysters. Coast. Yeah. It was yes. at Urban Stillhouse. For brunch. Talking a little bit about Lost Coast oysters. I think that's great because I think Kenny Tufo, he is, I think he's an excellent chef. And I think what he does is he really sources local, you know, local products. Um, right. Which is great because it stays, everything stays fresh. I mean, from local vegetables to everything, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. I think it's really unique. He does though, which is really great. We have a wood fire grill in the kitchen and this is amazing because we use some of our bourbon staves. So when you make bourbon, you're not allowed to use the barrel again. You can only mm-hmm. use a one use barrel. So we char our barrel to a char four, which is called an alligator char. So when you make bourbon, you're supposed to char the barrel and there's four different or five different levels of charring. So we do an alligator char where it starts to bubble up and look like alligator skin. Ah, that's why it's called that. Yeah. And what that does is it makes, you know, it brings out a lot more of the flavor. And so when the bourbon's in the barrel, it will extra, it will contract, you know, and it will Mm -hmm. expand inside the barrel according to the weather up there in the North and the Midwest and such. And that way, that it gets the flavor out of the wood. And so once it's done and we pour the bourbon out, we bring the barrels here and we break them up and we cut them up and we use them to cook the food in a wood fire grill that we have in the kitchen. Oh, wow. Mix it with nice. What a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a bourbon white oak. We use white oak as our barrel, bourbon barrels. And um, mm-hmm. so it's bourbon white oak and hickory or whatever other would we might want to add to it to flavor our meat or our fish and smoke the fish. And so it's really adds a lot of flavor to it. And it keep it stays good with the motif of, you know, we're still using horse soldier bourbon as our brand. Right. And, and no waste. Yep. And no waste. Now now we know the trick how yeah. why the food tastes so amazing <laughs> and so unique. Yeah. And I was also I was uh mentioning the uh, ricotta gnocchi. Uh here's I just want to read what Haley wrote. I would highly, highly recommend the ricotta gnocchi if you love a cheesy and comforting dish. The Telegio cheese sauce is an ideal creamy sauce for a decadent dish, also tossed with wild mushrooms, arugula, and watercress. The gnocchi was flawless with a soft and warm bite that you don't ever want to end. And she posted this on our St. Pete Foodies Instagram a couple weeks ago. And normally we get like 150 to 200 likes. This one got almost 400 likes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
It's almost like they could taste it from the picture. <laughs> Another one I want to mention too is when we went for brunch, uh, I have a rule that Sunday brunch must include a Bloody Mary or three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I normally do traditional with vodka, but you guys, your house uh, Bloody Mary is called the Hair of the Dog. And it's made with horse, it's made with a mix of bacon fat washed horse soldier bourbon and a house blended bloody mix. And it is, um, okay, I'm a Bloody Mary aficionado. And this one, I would have it all day, every day. And then I'd have to take a nap. You know, that was one <laughs> yeah. of the things that uh, we had to have. You know, um, you know, we had to have a bourbon Bloody Mary. Uh, right. It just seemed like that's what we needed to have. Especially with, you know, we use our straight bourbon, which has a, a little high rye content. So it makes it a little bit spicy. It's just like when you drink a Sazerac and so forth, but it's it's a little spicier. So it makes it, you know, really, 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 really good. I like that Gives it that perfect bite, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. I also want to mention uh, we had the veal meatballs and I did a update to our top I think it was top five, maybe mm-hmm. best meatballs in St. Pete. And you guys definitely, uh, you, you made that list for sure. Oh, Those wow. are awesome meatballs and they're veal meatballs. I love his. Beer. So then how would you. I'm sorry. Say, say, say again? that again. I love his veal meatballs. I love this veal meatballs. Chef makes it. Oh, they're big. so good. Yeah. You know, Chef yeah, and, Boston. and, uh, you know, so he is, um, he is Sicilian, you know, and so am I half Sicilian. So he, mm-hmm. he's, making the meatballs and he's made a lot of them in Boston and he's made, I'm sure he's won many awards for those meatballs. I love how he adds the fresh herbs and pine nuts to his meatballs. They're really, really totally. good around. Yeah. That definitely makes a difference to fresh herbs and pine nuts. And it's also, it's served on top of a, like a, an eggplant plank Friday. Plank. Oh yeah. That was delicious. Yeah. Yes. Kevin's grandmother was his Sicilian too. She yep. was Sicilian. I didn't say that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like I had a bloody Mary. We grew up on fried eggplants and meatballs. <laughs> totally. Yes. And then, so when we were there for brunch, we also had, like I said, uh, mentioned earlier, Lost Coast oysters. We had the raw oysters. They were awesome. We had the uh, Stillhouse Eggs Benedict, which includes a fried green tomato. Hello. Nice. That's awesome. And of course, uh, uh, we had some biscuits and gravy, which also included grits, which were awesome. And of course, Lori gets the steak and eggs. Yes, I do. My carnivorous girlfriend. <laughs> Ironically, I got it because I'm on Weight Watchers, and it was the easiest thing to count, <laughs> but it was delicious. And, and we are normally not. Yeah, it's it's a light food, you know. Most of us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and we're not normally dessert people, but we highly recommend the whiskey infused chocolate truffles. They were amazing. They were. Yes, that's our lanyard. You know, um, we built a lot of things in a menu, like the deviled eggs, which you know only cost five dollars. But um, we built some things into the menu. It's called lanyard. You know, uh, it's a New Orleans term where we talk about give a little bit extra. You know, giving something extra, cool. like a baker's dozen, right? Thirteen. So it's sort right. of like that, right? And that's what those black, you know, those black chocolate, dark chocolate truffles are all about. Bourbon infused and yeah they are so good that's a really neat term yeah and so you you guys are open uh during the week it's uh five o'clock that's thursday through saturday you open at five 
close at 10 on Thursday, but Friday and Saturday stay open until 11 p.m. And then on Sunday, you open earlier, 11 a.m. for, for brunch, brunch, 11 to 4 on Sunday. And you right. guys are in the Warehouse Arts District. Anyone listening that knows kind of where um, Three Daughters is, it's in that neighborhood, just so maybe another another few blocks out right. and to the, to the right, that would be. Yeah, specifically, it's 2232 Fifth Avenue South. And on the web, it's theurbanstillhouse.com. And on Facebook, it's at the Urban Stillhouse St. Pete. Yes. Yeah. We thank you so much, Joey. Joey, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, keep dining. Yes. <laughs> Stay yes. hungry, everyone. We'll be right back. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, ooh can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. New on the site is a review of Must Wine Loft in downtown St. Pete. A couple of weeks ago, I said that that review was up, but it wasn't. What happened is we went on vacation. I'm on vacation! In order to do so, we had to record a couple of weeks in advance. And in the meantime, we had a hurricane come through, so Haley couldn't get to Must Wine Loft. And then she got sick, not with COVID. She's better now, and the Must Wine Loft review is a must read, and you're guaranteed to be wanting some wine, cheese, charcuterie, and other tasty snacks when you do. And you can find that on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, we'll be talking to Russell Andrade. He's the owner of Iberian Rooster, which recently, a few months ago, opened a super cool, unique pop-up inside of Iberian Rooster called Avo's Kitchen. That translates to Grandma's Kitchen in Portuguese. And they are serving a unique style of Indian cuisine from the state of Goa in India, where Russell's grandmother actually had a restaurant for 15 years, and these are her recipes, and she even came in and taught the kitchen staff how to make them. How cool is that? And it's super tasty. We'll have a review of that shortly as well. And if you'd like to send us fan mail, hate mail, or if you have any requests for interviews or restaurant reviews, just send an email to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. 
That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Joey Ledit and Abby Allen. And thanks to our sponsors, Rolling Oats, The Zest Podcast, Noble Crust, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number, number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.